Welcome to One Chapel. We're a family of neighborhood churches in the Austin area. Our vision is to help people move from where they are to where God wants them to be. It's a place to connect, grow, and serve the communities where we live. You can learn more about One Chapel and how to get involved at onechapel.com. And now, here's this week's message. Hey, if you've been with us in the month of January, we have been going through a series on how to pray. We're kind of going through this book by Pete Grieg. It's called How to Pray, A Simple Guide for Normal People. <laughs> a Simple Guide for Normal People. And I love this title because I feel like there's really like two sides of it, right? There's like, there's two camps when it comes to prayer. There's like the one camp that's like super, super spiritual and like only speaks in the King James Bible translation with thou art the, that, like all that stuff. And then on the other side, there's a group that's like, hey God, it's, uh, it's me, Jansen. How are you? Like, there's really, maybe you don't really even know, but both camps are invited here today. We're going to try to kind of piece together, demystify prayer a little bit so that we can be more powerful in it. Um, so we, in the book, they go through this acronym uh, to help us pray, and it's like, namely, pray. So the P stands for pause. I didn't get this right in first service. P stands for pause. R stands for rejoice. Today we are going over ask that's the A, and then the Y is yield. Yes, thank you. Give it up for me, please. And the Y is yield. And also, we've been going through the Lord's Prayer kind of line by line. And today we are going through, give us today our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. Let's pray. <coughs> our Father in heaven, hallowed and holy be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Lord, and we pray this morning that you would give us our daily bread. And Jesus, we pray for Patrick Mahomes, Lord, we pray that he completes every pass he throws and throws so many touchdowns in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 I'm pumped for the Super Bowl. So this concept of daily bread, give us today our daily bread, harkens back to the Old Testament. It goes back to Exodus chapter 16. So if you have your Bibles or your phones, uh, turn on or turn in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 16. That's where we're going to be. But before we turn there, I just kind of want to give a little bit of, ta- of context. So the people of Israel have just been let out of slavery from Egypt. They were in slavery for 400 years and they had just, God had just performed a great number of miracles. He parted the Red Sea. They walked through, and now they're in the wilderness. So that's where we're picking up the story in Exodus chapter 16. We're going to start in verse 3. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day. Everybody say each day. And gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. Okay, so basically what happens is the people complain to Moses and Aaron, who are their leaders, um, kind of guiding them into a promised land. They are promised to go out of Egypt into a land that God would show them. And so 
uh, God says, they, they complain about being hungry, and then God says, I'm going to rain down bread from heaven for you. So we're going to pick up the story, skip down a couple verses, and go to verse 11. The Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them, at twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. That evening quail came and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. Thin flakes like frost. Frosty flakes. Frost, frosted flakes. <laughs> so it sounds like to me, just a quick side note, sounds like to me that our God is a good God, and he provided them frosted flakes in the morning, and it said, quell in the evening, we're going to pretend it's chicken, because it's the Lord's chicken, and that means Chick-fil-A. So they're living the dream, getting frosted flakes for breakfast, and getting Chick-fil-A for dinner. You can't get much better than that. Verse 15, when the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, what is it? He, see, they, they knew that it wasn't just good. It was great. No, that was bad. That was bad. That was bad. Get me off the stage. What is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, it is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Everyone is to gather as much as they need. Take an omer for each person you have in your tent. The Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some little. Now watch this. And when they had measured it by the omer, the one who gathered much did not have too much. And the one who gathered little did not have too little. Everyone. Everybody say everyone. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed. Then Moses said to them, no one is to keep any of it until morning. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it until morning, but it was full of maggots and began to smell. So Moses was angry with them. Each morning, everyone gathered as much as they needed, and when the sun grew hot, it melted away. So here we have this story. The Israelites are in need. They don't have food which is a very basic need of the human condition. So what do they do? They let their need be known to Moses and Aaron, and God provides them something every single day. Okay, now here's the picture that I want you to see in this story. I think it's extremely profound that the people who gathered much didn't have too much, and the people that gathered little didn't have too little. And then also that the people who tried to store up a little bit extra for the next day, that it would spoil. Here's why that's profound. Because God wants us to have daily reliance on him. See, for Americans, I feel like we are so commonly caught up in this this concept of, of maybe even monthly bread. We would much rather have it month to month than every single day because month to month you don't have to be reliant every single day. So what God was trying to show the Israelites with this manna, with this bread, with this daily bread, was that the source is more important than the resource. See, sometimes I think that we get it twisted. We start to worship the resource instead of the source. 
Are you all with me? If, if God were to give them bread every month, enough for them to store up, the, it is likely that the next time that they ever talk to him would be the next month on the first. God, we need it now. We need it now. We need it now. We need it. And then, and then we get it, and then we kind of run away from him. See, this concept of daily bread started back in Exodus 16. Daily bread makes us rely on the source rather than just the resource. See, in this story, the Lord provided daily bread. But unfortunately, with daily bread, Nutella is not promised. (laughs) See, this daily bread was fulfilling a need, but not necessarily fully fulfilling a want. Asking for daily bread is a prayer of asking for today's needs rather than tomorrow's wants. See, God knew exactly what they needed before they even asked for it. And so I feel like so often we get confused in our culture between what is for, what is a want and what is a need. And I think another aspect of the story that's extremely profound to me is that they said, what is it? What is it? See, I feel like sometimes God's provision comes in a form that we're not expecting. I think that we get so reliant. The Israelites were in Egypt, and they are so, you you saw it in the scripture, they talked about how they would sit around pots of meat and all this stuff, and that's what their expectation of provision was. But when it came in a different form, they didn't even know what it was. I came to encourage somebody today to tell you that maybe the provision that you're looking for is coming in a form that you don't know, that you've never seen before. Daily bread. See, there isn't anything asking, there isn't anything wrong for asking for more than daily bread. And I believe that God really does want to bless more. He want, he, he's a God of miracles. He's a God of abundance. He can do more, but it's not a promise. It's a daily bread. Asking for daily bread, give us our daily bread implies an ask. Asking is so important. The Israelites let their need be known to Moses and Aaron. They didn't just internalize it and grumble and get bitter on the inside. They had to externalize it. See, just previous to the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 8, Jesus says this, Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. See, he already knows what you need. But if God knows what, he, what you need, why do you even have to ask? Let's look at just below the Lord's Prayer in Matthew, verse 20, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body or what you will wear. Is life not more than food? Is the body not more than, than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers on, of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you? 
you of little faith. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But watch this. But seek first his kingdom. His kingdom come. His kingdom come. His kingdom come. His will be done. Seek that first. Seek the will being done on earth as it is in heaven first. And then what? And his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. See, there's a precedent to provision. The precedent is that we seek the kingdom and his will first, and then the provision follows that. Y'all with me? Seek first the kingdom of God, and God will supply all of your needs, slash daily bread. So if God already knows that, that we need this, this begs the question, why do we need to ask? Why do we need to ask? Number one, because asking is relational. When you ask for something, it implies that you know the something that you're asking has the resource for you. It, he already has it for you. So when you ask the father, the father's a good father, right? We talked about that in the beginning of the series. He wants to give you stuff, but we have to ask because that establishes relationship. It reminds me of this story. <laughs> this is not even just a story. This is like a monthly, weekly occurrence for me. Whenever I'm at home... And uh, I, I, I might open up the pantry or the refrigerator and say something like this. Mom, we ain't got no food in the house. <laughs> and to see what I'm looking for is the double stuff Oreos, the Doritos, salt, you know, all these super unhealthy things. <laughs> Mom, we don't have the food. To which then she replies, we got some baby carrots in the fridge. <laughs> which then I reply, I guess I'm really not that starving. <laughs> this is a side note. I, I'm talking about unhealthy food. I said this in the first service. Galen and Marilyn, I lived with them for a while, and we'd always talk about preservatives. I have a theory. Okay, the science isn't out yet, but I promise you it's coming out. Okay, here's the theory. The more preservatives that you eat, the more preserved your insides are. So actually, I'm a doctor. It's better for your health <laughs> to eat some double-stuffed Oreos instead of a baby carrot. <laughs> no. no, you see, it's out of a relationship with me that my mom knew that even though I wanted all of this unhealthy stuff, she knew that what I needed was not that. And I think that's a perfect picture of what God is like. Sometimes we start asking for these things. We start, we, you know, we, we just pray and pray for these things that are not good for us. And so sometimes God has to say no, but it's not that he's going to not provide for you. It's just that he knows that that would not be good for you. But that comes all out of this relationship. Do you all see that? That God knows what you need because he is a perfect father. He doesn't want you to starve. My mom didn't want me to starve. She just wanted me to eat some dang carrots. <laughs> He's got what you need. Asking is relational. Is it possible that God knows what you need more than you know what you need? 
I feel like in our independent American society, we think that we know better than God knows. Let's look at Luke eleven nine. 9. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds and the one who knocks the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, you will give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, sorry he had to roast everybody like that, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? See, to all you parents in the room, you know that you love to give your kids good things. And us who are sinful, who are evil, if we can give good gifts, how much more can a perfect father give good gifts and supply needs? Number two, asking is vulnerable. Ooh, this is a tough one for men. Asking is vulnerable because what it admits is you don't have enough. You don't have what it takes, that you need help, that you need help. See, here's the thing. When you ask for something, you are allowing that, who, whatever you're asking, permission in your life to either supply or to not supply. It's a vulnerable place to be. See, I believe that it's God's intent that we can't do this on our own. We can't do this on our own. And I think we talked about it last week, how the kingdom comes through community. I think God designed us for a need for community, not just a want, not just a desire not to be lonely, but I think that he designed us for a need for community because we can't do this on our own. See, it's vulnerable to to ask because it can be really painful. It's vulnerable to ask for provision because it can be painful. And, and I think that when we talk about daily bread and we talk about this stuff, we think strictly in financial measures. I'm not only talking about finances. What I'm talking about is in any situation in your life when the resource is less than the need. So that's not only money. For me, being 23 years old and in this position, I feel like I do not have what it takes to do well at my job. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for the sympathy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but, because of the, but because of the concept of daily bread, I learned that I can't do it on my own, even if I was so much older or more experienced, because I have to go back to the source to rely on it. I'm thinking about a single mom in here that feels like you don't have what it takes to raise your kids either that you don't have the know-how. Nobody showed you what it's like to be a good mom, to be a good dad. I'm thinking about the person that's just now recently out of work, that you don't know when you go into these job interviews, if you just feel so vulnerable, if people are going to accept you or deny you, and you feel like you might not have what it takes to get to be somewhere else. See, this daily bread is for everybody. It's not just financial. It doesn't matter if you're making millions or one dollar. Because every single person is designed for a need for God. We have to be reminded that our help does not come from us. Our help comes from the Lord. 
See, Jesus says that he is the bread of life. Give us today our daily bread. This is asking Jesus into those situations. He is the bread of life. Life more abundantly. That's what Jesus promises. He is the bread of life. Now, this life is a very broad term, like I just mentioned. It applies to way more than just finances. And number three reason that we need to ask. Asking is intentional. It's an activating of your will to open your mouth and not just think good thoughts, not just try to think your your provision into existence. It's intentional. Do you all ever have those super spiritual friends? Like the people that just pray for things that you uh, or me, in my mind, don't think is really worth praying for? I had a bunch of friends like that in college. I had a friend that would consistently pray for her parking spot. God, it's raining outside, Lord. I know that you're going to provide me a parking spot right up front. And guess what? Sometimes it actually happened. Now, am I saying that God grabbed the car and moved it out just in time? So Maybe. I also had another friend that would be like, she'd like lose something, and it, she'd be like, oh, Jesus, I, Jesus, will you help me find my water bottle? And the whole time I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, I'm like God doesn't have time for that. That's so dumb. Don't you know there are starving kids in Ethiopia? Like you're going to sit here and pray about something that's petty, like oh, finding your water bottle. But here's the reality. I think that I was wrong. I am wrong. And, and I don't know exactly how God interacts with our small finding water bottle prayers, but what I do know is this. What I do know is this, that if she finds the water bottle or if you find the parking spot, that your level of faith starts to raise. And so instead of looking for a miracle in the big, broad, Lord, save the world type prayers, we're, we're learning to worship in the small things. And the daily bread, not the Nutella sandwich, not the five-course meal, and the daily bread. See, part of this is rejoicing in the small things. It's intentional. There's a story. I'm not sure if it's true, but it's a great story, so I'm going to tell it anyway. I'm a preacher. There's a woman, and um, her husband had just died, and he didn't have any social security or anything. And so she went through this process of not knowing where her next check was going to come from, not knowing where her groceries were going to come from. And she had medical bills, and they were stacking up, and they were stacking up. And so she would consistently cry out to the Lord, Lord, please provide. Please provide me groceries. Please provide me the the money for this bill. Please provide me money for a gas in the tank. And she would get really, really loud. And she had a neighbor who was like a staunch atheist. And he would hear these prayers day in and day out. And so he starts to get really annoyed. And on one particular day, he hears her just louder and more passionately than ever before. And she's saying, Lord, I'm so hungry. I need groceries. God, please provide groceries. Please provide groceries. She's just, she's just going in in prayer. She's just asking for groceries. So this dude gets so mad. He gets so mad. He's like, you know what? I'm going to prove to her today. I'm going to shut her up, and I'm going to prove to her today that there is no such thing as God. So he goes to the store. So he goes to the store and he buys 
a whole cartload of groceries, a whole amount of food. We're talking not just baby carrots. We're talking double stuff Oreos and, and all of that stuff. He, he, he buys it. He goes back to his house, drops it off on our front porch, and he knocks it on the door. Then he kind of goes and hides behind the corner. And she opens the door, and she's like, oh, my gosh, thank the Lord. He provided. Amen. She starts worshiping. She starts celebrating, all this stuff. And he comes around the corner, and he's like, Katya, God didn't provide those groceries. I did. And she said, no, 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 sir, you're mistaken. You're so mistaken. God did provide it. He's like, no, I'm telling you, I bought those groceries. She said, God provided, and the devil paid for it. See, I think sometimes we have to intentionally ask for the small things to believe in miracles for the big. Jesus says to ask for whatever you wish in my name, and it will be given to you. So what does that mean? That means healings. That means revivals. That means provision. That means reconciliation of families. That's what all those things mean. Now, when a preacher like me gets up here and starts saying those things, I'm not naive to the fact that there are people in the room that are in the middle of a process wishing and hoping and praying for a miracle that hasn't been answered. And you are sitting there wondering, yeah, Jansen, that sounds good, but I need God today for me. That's great for that lady with the groceries, but what about for me? What about for me? When you're in the process of praying for somebody. And I want to read to y'all this thing from the How to Pray book. This is what the author says about Jesus. It says, Jesus warned us very specifically that we will sometimes have to keep praying and not give up telling a parable about a persistent widow who kept hassling an uncaring judge until she received her reward. Elsewhere, he told his disciples to ask, seek, and knock. Now watch this. In the original Greek, these verbs were written in the present active imperative tense. No idea what it means, but let me explain it. Which means that they literally mean, keep on asking, you will receive. Keep on seeking, you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. Keep on seeking and you will find. There's a sense of habit, of repetition, of a reward for prayerful perseverance. There's a reward for perseverance. Now I know that you come in here and you feel like you've been asking and you've been seeking and you've been knocking but I just want to contend with you, friends, that keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking, because you never know when the breakthrough is going to come. I love this passage in Romans. It's Romans 8.28, and it's turned into a cliche, but I want to read it over us. Romans 8.28. Band, you can come, up, come on up here. Romans 8.28. It says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Here's what I, where I want to land. 
if the Bible says that God works all things together for good, if you love him, then that means if it's not good yet, God is not done yet. See, this is a process. This is a process. It might not happen instantly. The ways of God are mysterious. But his character is constant. He is a good father. He wants to provide daily bread for you. He wants to provide the provision that you need. He sees you. He knows you. He knows your exact circumstance and your exact thing that you need. He knows it all before you even ask. But for those of you who have been asking and you're wondering, where is God? I'm sorry, I'm not sure if I know the exact answer, but what I do know is this. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. And watch that door open. Because this scripture isn't, there isn't a question. It says, it will. It will. So I want to go into a time of worship. And I want that to be on our heart. Maybe you've sought God before. Maybe you've never sought God, but this daily bread, this daily provision sounds kind of (laughs) nice. I want that to be the posture of our hearts this morning as we go into worship. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. For he is a good father. Jesus, we love you. Thank you that your character is consistent and that you are always faithful. God, that even with the Israelites, when they grumbled and complained, God, you never left them and you provided for them every single day. Jesus, we ask for discernment between needs and wants. God, we ask for open doors in this place. God, we ask for breakthrough in this place. God, we ask for a confidence that comes straight from knowing that we are your son and that you got it. Give us today our daily bread. Come on, church, keep on seeking, keep on asking, keep on knocking as we worship. Thanks for joining us today. If God is doing something in your life or you're looking for ways to get connected, you can learn about groups, teams, and more at onechapel.com welcome. You can subscribe to future messages from One Chapel on your favorite podcast player. And of course, you're always invited to services every Sunday morning at 9 and 11. See you next time.